Hello. Hello. Who is this? Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now, he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act who's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, what's wrong with this name? Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who do we make the rules? The police are always on track, but they watch Palm Night and save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Everybody's a suspect! You're not scared, are you? Scream. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. Coming to get you. Coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, welcome to their coming to get you, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies. And if we haven't yet, just sit tight because we we might. Gavin, welcome to the show. Yeah, you know, first time, first time, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> it's good to have you on finally. I know. But of course, we got Mr. Brent Tierhune. I'm Gavin Eddings. This is the, They're Coming to Get You. And Brent, I got to ask you something. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, this one, I think. <laughs> what is this one? Is that a sequel to They Live? I think we're we're watching this week a uh, scary movie. Yeah, actually. Well, that was the original title, but they changed it. <laughs> uh, they didn't really care for it. No, we're, this week we're watching... Uh, the 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 uh, the iconic movie that changed the horror uh, genre forever, Scream. Scream to me is top three most important horror movies of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. I said it. What, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm making. A, I'm making big declarative statements here tonight. If we're doing top three of all time, so it's is it where does it fall in the three? Probably three. No, uh, <laughs> I think for me, I think the the three would probably be Halloween, mm-hmm. The Exorcist, Scream, Scream. I think you, those. I think those are a, a nice trilogy right there. Would you include Blair Witch in the top ten? As far as influential, yeah, I would. I think that would probably fall maybe nine or ten. But it definitely mm-hmm. influenced and started a whole bunch. Uh, it started a it started a subgenre basically. 
this sounds like a a future uh episode just a whole oh. most important horror movies in the genre absolutely and i think scream is one of them scream is a movie that i hold very dear to my heart mm-hmm. this is i have great memories of watching this movie me and my dad watched the first one together when it was on video mm-hmm. and we we did something that we never do we, we watched the first one and he goes gavin let's go rent the second one now uh because they were there out so we went back to the video store and we got the second one and then we watched the second one together and it was just a really great memory I have with my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still alive. Like he's still, yeah. It's not, but, then, uh, but no, I love my mm-hmm. dad. And that is one of my, one of my best memories with him saying, well, we got to rent the second one now. And then going back to the video store and getting it back when video stores were a place that you could go and feel joy. Now was, was Randy there uh, handing out recommendations? <laughs> yeah. He said, uh, there are certain rules to survive <laughs> a horror movie. The howling it's over there in the horror <laughs> section, the horror. <laughs> and he said, we also got some milk duds. Do you need those? be like stop trying to sell up sell me randy okay we've already been here twice tonight Uh, i do this is we have i have a similar memory watching these with my mom um the first one and then i remember uh what uh, the second one he plays heavily in it uh, cotton weary which you only get a little bit of it in the first one but i remember watching that one for sure Mm -hmm. uh so i don't i don't even know how old you are i am 35 i'm 33 so we're about the same age yes and this, that's was, you know, th- I, I didn't get to see this in the theater, but I remember this being like, like a tentpole movie in, in my life and, and, and horror in general. I think I probably didn't. I remember being in fifth grade and asking my parents, like, can we rent Scream? And they're like, absolutely not. No way. <laughs> no, so sir. I, so I actually, I actually didn't get, I actually didn't sit down and actually and watch it until probably 2003. Yeah. After they had, they had all three of them had been out on video for a while. At the time, there it was a trilogy and not mm-hmm. a fiveology as it is now. But I, yeah, and I just remember falling in love with it and it being everything everybody said it was. I kind of yeah. knew the beats and and the tropes before watching it because Scary Movie was such a was such a well known parody and just mm-hmm. seeing the commercials for it and knowing the tagline of "Watch your favorite scary movie" and the idea of ghost face so i kind of i i knew about it and what it was doing but i watched all three completely unspoiled mm-hmm. back when you could do that i was surprised every time a killer was revealed and there's just something that is so fun and so rewatchable about the scream movies i've watched this a bunch and uh over the the pandemic watched it i th- i think the whole series twice through mm-hmm. and that's uh, you know that was one through four with Scream 5 just coming out within the last year, right? Yes. Uh, Scream 5 came out in January. During the pandemic, because there were no new movies coming out, our our local drive-in down here in Southern Indiana would show a lot of old horror movies, just things to put on the screen so that people could go out and have a good date night. So I, we, we may have talked about it before. Uh, it was during the pandemic summer. They actually showed Scream on the big screen at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. And it was, an, it, it was a perfect experience because you go to the drive-in to watch new movies. And I'm the person, I don't want to see a new movie at the drive-in because I need to be in the theater and enjoy the surround yeah. sound. But an old movie, take me to the drive-in. 
all day because mm-hmm. you're familiar enough with it that you can just sit back and enjoy. You don't need the best audio. You don't need the who's best that? visual. Who's that? You don't <laughs> need, you know, you don't want to be asking who's that every five seconds, you know? And you're like, I, I cannot make this screen any brighter. Okay. We are yep. actually, we are outside in the dark and there are people getting high next to us. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do anything about it. And the, yeah, the, for some reason, the, the car in front of us, lights come on every 10 minutes and they backed into the spot. So the lights are shining directly in our eyes. I'm not mad about it. Listen, I got to, if you don't back in your Dodge Ram, then you ain't owning a truck. It's tactical. <laughs> and listen, if anything goes down at this drive-in, I will be out faster than any motherfucker here. <laughs> uh, well, uh, the an odd time for a... Uh, for being released in within a in the year it was december 18th 1996 like is it's this just a, an odd is this a christmas movie yeah no. <laughs> i think it is uh the budgets were budget was like somewhere between 14 and 15 million dollars it ended up making 173 million dollars incredible Stream two was released with less than a year like they they were on it <laughs> they're like we got to strike while this iron is not only hot but actually searing yeah the hottest <laughs> thing and and of course written by uh kevin williamson and directed by wes carpenter wes you're like a wes carpenter flick brent <laughs> <laughs> i do love uh a, you know if you're not paying attention you miss some of those things uh directed by wes craven and uh, i in my research we can talk about it in more in depth later in the episode but i guess you know kevin williamson was like i wrote one and then one two and three get a franchise going from the jump yeah and to have a writer be consistently with a franchise is hard to find because what like writer uh, and director yeah victor miller did not write every friday the 13th movie he did not he wrote the first one and then said bye and then sued forever and then he wrote Uh, his lawyer (laughs) and then he wrote his lawyer and said i'd like some of that jason money please i can't blame him i know jason makes that money um (laughs) but to have that together and it was only until uh scream five also called scream uh that kevin williamson did not actually write he i believe he did write four but he did not write five yeah i know and like he was busy working on other things too. Cause I, I listened to an interview with him. I think they had him consulting on five, but he was mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't write, write it. You know, I think yeah, it was I, written I, by co-direct the co-directors. Right. Yeah. And you actually sent me a, a link to that podcast with him on there. It was just very interesting hearing why, what he has to say. He's like, I am almost in my fifties now. I can't write teens anymore. If I tried to write teens, <laughs> I, it'd be the saddest thing ever. So it, it's nice that he recognized that because there is nothing more cringy or off-putting than adults writing what teen girls or teen boys sound like totally totally <laughs> no I, I don't hate the halloween writing but yeah when it's clearly it's it might as well be the meme of steve Buscemi being like hello fellow kids yeah absolutely but scream for me is so much fun put it on in, in the background i am never not in the mood to watch scream yeah it's just it, it, it's so fun and do you have any well do you want to kind of break break down the movie or how how do you want to start this we should boy? start from the opening because you and i both talked about it on on my other project the field trip we we talked about the best openings yes. and it's like what a what a treat to get to watch this opening every single time you watch the movie and you... i it clocked it for 13 minutes it's just 
nonstop. It is one of the best openings of all time. It is, even if you've seen it a thousand times, you know how it's going to go. It is so gripping and it does so much with so little. Kevin Williamson, Kevin Williamson actually wrote the opening scene and was like, oh man, this is good. And then just like locked himself in his house and just wrote the rest of the movie mm-hmm. in, in, in a weekend. Like he just, he is, he knew he had to get it out of him while it was still so hot. But yeah. that opening 13 minutes, you've got Drew Barrymore as Casey, just getting a phone call from a wrong number. And the conversation gets a little flirty. Then it gets very violent. And this is all happening over the phone mm-hmm. like there there's no killer in the house yet he is psychologically torturing her and ghostface on the phone roger jackson an incredible voice actor mm-hmm. who does so much and is one of the most important characters in the entire series just as the voice of ghostface and they were supposed to they were like gonna get a new you know voice he, he was just kind of a, the stand-in and then they heard uh, you know his voice how could you not have that dude play your character and i guess they had him do those lines over the phone like while they were filming it so it's like he never met the cast until after filming it but he's calling them over the phone and just that voice the way he can be like hey how are you to i'll gut you like cattle like it's sort <laughs> of change you know yeah it is so menacing Mm-hmm. And he, but he, he kind of slides into it where hey. he's like, Hey, are you making popcorn? Yeah. I like popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> um, and then just hang it. And then she's like, okay, bye. And he's like, sorry, I wanted to talk to you. Yeah. And just the build to it. And also the scene builds and builds until he kills Casey's boyfriend. And that's a whole thing. And mm-hmm. I swear I've seen versions where it's more violent. It's that Mandela effect we talk about. I've seen versions where like it's brighter and you see more gore. I don't yeah. know if it's like DVD or VHS or just how recoloring works, but I in my mind it's always more vicious than when I watch it. Well, and it, you know, directed by Wes Craven, we we discussed. I don't I don't it was last week, right, where we were like watching was, a Nightmare on Elm Street or two two ago, where it was yeah, like. It, uh, we're like, oh, this is the bloodiest movie we've covered. Yeah, with the with the girl with, with Tina on the ceiling. Yeah, and then Wes Craven does not skip on the gore. No, he, he he does not at all. He loves the red stuff, and this movie, it it has plenty of it. The it's less go, than a nightmare on Elm Street, I would say, right? Oh yeah, it's yeah. Nobody gets no nobody gets eaten by their bed in, <laughs> in this one, and then geysers everywhere, like we're on double dare. So. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. <laughs> we're gonna cover that at some point okay we're gonna cover that at some point uh i'm gonna skate oh ski ski god i got i got that um yeah it's it's bloody like but i mean it is a like what that shot of uh, you know um what's her face running through the yard mm -hmm. drew barryman she just catches the knife and this with the chest whatever like i don't know where it's and like that's bone that's not like flesh flesh that's just let me crack the ribs first you know and they did it where and this is an old wrestling trick where if you're gonna bleed wear white where mm-hmm. it's, it's gonna show more so she's wearing that white sweater to get stabbed you see all the blood yeah on her also they killed drew barrymore 
in the first 13 minutes of this movie. Yep. She's all over the marketing. They put her in there. And then that is something that they, they talked about as well. Like, we're going to kill the most famous person in this movie to let you know that nobody is safe. She's at the front. like the, And how influential Scream was is like, look at all the other posters that came after Scream. They're all in a V shape, like they're geese <laughs> flying. And like Scream was the first one. Drew Barrymore's in the the front of the, the people. And also I'm looking at this poster. I don't know if you had it pulled up, Gavin, but Skeet Ulrich has like a like facial hair on the poster. Yeah, so that is a poster that I actually have hanging in our living room, signed by the cast. Okay. And we, we have it signed by Skeet Ulrich. We have it signed by Matthew Lillard, Nev Campbell, David Arquette, and Jamie Kennedy. And I'll talk about meeting them later. But yeah, it is very weird because that is not how he looks in the movie. Not no. once. No. And like, look at Halloween H2O. Look at the faculty. Those so, two come to mind with that V, the V shape of let, let's put everybody in line on the poster. Have you seen that meme that, that said, do you like your sc- <laughs> dimension movies? Scream in high school, scream in Halloween. Where <laughs> yeah. After Hollow, after scream, every movie became scream, but in a different universe. Yeah. Where Halloween H2O, I love, I'm not sure how you feel about it. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. But it is Scream with Michael Myers. Yeah, and it's uh, well, didn't didn't Kevin Williamson write that too? By the way, I believe so. I think he did. Yes. Either either way, like what it like it's that copycat thing of you have one of the biggest franchises of all time is like now we got to be a little bit Scream, you know? Yeah, and the opening scene, getting that scare, killing off one of your main characters, that's become a trope um, mm-hmm. in horror movies. And the the who done it is is yeah. a real. This is a really good who done it. We we had the other who done it with Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. and I love that franchise. But in that episode, I said the first movie to me is not super good. I think the franchise hits its high points in the sequels once Jason shows up. But I just never liked the idea of Friday the Thirteenth being a who done it when the when when the who did it doesn't show up until the third act or what yeah was never a character to begin with yeah it's not a good guessing game when this person like i bet this character that just showed up and we have not met until (laughs) this point might be doing this and uh i don't know if it was probably not maybe not new in the in the genre but there's two who done it gavin i know there's two who did it um who 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 done you know what i'm trying to say you know what two killers (laughs) Yes, and that was, even watching for the first time, I didn't know there was going to be two killers, so I was shocked. And this movie has, this was, I still say, a lot of people like to equate Scream to being the first meta movie, and I definitely think that it leans into it very heavily, but the most up to this point. I do think that Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, was probably the first kind of meta horror movie because that movie for me is it, it's very funny and it's very self-referential with uh I, i've seen enough horror movies to know, know that any guy got got a hockey mask is up to no good and just like yeah. breaking the guy's balls for pulling out the gun she's like what are you dirty harry so <laughs> that was i think that was the first maybe foray into meta but mm-hmm. scream takes it to the next level where people could not ignore it 
Yeah, well, and Scream was, you know, like referencing the horror genre, and the the killer is a fan of the genre. Like from yeah. the jump, he's like, "I was watching The Exorcist, and it got me thinking about you." <laughs> like yeah. that's not a compliment, first off. Like, <laughs> yeah, this the Scream universe is our universe mm-hmm. where where these movies exist. Halloween exists. Friday the Thirteenth exists. The, the scene with Casey with the what's favorite scary movie? Yeah, he's like, I like nine 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 nine. Is that the one with the guy who has knives for fingers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, uh, the first one was good, but the rest sucked. You know? <laughs> because Wes Craven didn't do all of them. Well, well, even Wes Craven is dressed up as Freddy Krueger. Yes, sorry, Fred. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, Fred. But being able to like reference these movies and the the this this was the first time that the rules were really brought out into the open of never have sex never drink mm-hmm. nothing don't don't do that so this was where all those rules of horror movies came from yeah the rules that you can never have sex you can never drink or do drugs and never say i'll be right back hey brent i'll be right back <laughs> no oh man i really liked you <laughs> i it was I, I, I just, I, I don't want to keep saying, it. I love this movie so much. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me so happy. It brings me so much joy. And we, the cast is just expertly crafted. David Arquette, amazing. Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, one of the best final girls ever to yeah. do it. Well, and uh, let's, let's wrap up the, the beginning at least. Like she's, it's uh, like watching back a few days ago, like she's, she's called a couple times and now she's going to go lock all the doors, but that, that is mind blowing to me, Gavin. Like somebody would just have a house with and be inside, and the doors are are not locked. Yeah, that I don't is know. crazy to me. I don't <laughs> know how anybody does that. Stephanie will be will leave our doors unlocked sometime, and I'm like, you want me to cut this part out? Listen, I won't say my address. It's actually da da da. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our doors are open. I have a PlayStation Five. Uh, <laughs> I'm not home between these hours. Yeah, but here's a list of my fears. But she'll do that sometimes. Or one time, I came home and she just like left the door not only unlocked but open to yeah. her. And I was, I was like, "Why?" She's like, "Well, nobody's gonna break in." I go, "What? No, we yeah. can't do." I regularly will be laying in bed and say, "I know everything is locked." But I'm gonna go check just no. in case. You and uh, producer wife would get along. I don't know well, but you have similar <laughs> check the door tendencies. You know, we have we have similar crippling paranoia. Yeah, and that's it. Like t- people always be like, back in my day, we didn't even lock the doors. Why? Why not? You had the lock <laughs> on the door. Like, <laughs> were there a lot of murders back then? Yeah, like, and the and the thing is, I'm not I'm not scared, but I'm also let's just lock the door. <laughs> uh, you you're right there just close the door and it's locked like yeah it's just a th- i don't know how you can and especially this teenage girl who is alone uh making popcorn and her parents have gone she lives in the middle of nowhere it just she locked the doors there. she is out there living the riskiest life mm-hmm. well and, and that it made me think too of like when she's making that popcorn it was like to me reminiscent of hitchcock where there's that hitchcock thing he's like you know i i could show i'll show you the bomb under the table and then i'll keep going back to it to grow the the suspense and in my head that was the popcorn in that scene (laughs) because after you watch it the first time you're like oh this is about to be a fire 
Like this is <laughs> like we're watching it, like checking back, and that the popcorn's getting bigger and bigger, and eventually it just causes a fire. It's not like a big plot point, but I'm like, this is this everything's about to be on fire, and the parents coming home to a house that's on fire. <laughs> so like, I I disagree about it not being a big plot point because that house had to smell like shit after that was done because they yeah their daughter is dead they go into the house to weep and now the house smells like burnt popcorn yeah burp, this yeah kill, <laughs> this killer has done way too much evil this night yeah our daughter is that smells like blood and popcorn in here <laughs> and that's not gonna air out for anything and he put a fish in the in the trash <laughs> weeks ago How he put it in the, in the air ducks <laughs> And what a shocking ending to the begin to that beginning scene of like she's just hanging there like yeah with the phone cord and just her guts are hanging out like that is a if you take a screenshot from horror movies that's on the that's on the Mount Rushmore and you uh, don't get you don't they don't it just kind of zooms in and then goes to the next scene like you almost have to like before you could have it at on home video is like. Uh, I, th- I think I saw all of it. Like now you, it's like you, t- you pause it and look mm-hmm. at that, you know, and you yell enhance at your TV and so Yeah. <laughs> so that you can zoom in and see everything. Ophelia enhance. <laughs> that's, that's the, uh, the virtual assistant from the movie us Gavin. <laughs> I w- I'm like, is that from spy kids? Is that <laughs> no, it's from us. Nice. Instead of uh, uh, setting off everybody's a L E X A's. Oh yeah, because I'm like, oh no, we yeah. we want you to listen to your podcast everywhere, and and if we say her name, it might mm-hmm. stop. Like uh, we don't want to say Siri. <laughs> uh, yeah, just that opening scene. Uh, that that could just be a short film. It it is a short. It, film. I mean, it, it is, but yeah, yeah. It, it has a beginning middle and end and if that was a short film it would win a ton at festivals Mm -hmm. because you build so much dread and suspense in 13 minutes that that a lot of movies cannot do in their 90 minute runtime yeah yeah um then then you cut to what is this the scene after that of like them at that fountain right yeah you you cut to them in school and they're mm-hmm. always kind of hanging out. We get to meet our main character. Like, I heard she was gutted like a fish. Dude, you <laughs> cut them from groin to. I think the, is it is the next scene. No, I think the next scene is it. Uh, skeet skeet coming in the window. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The skeet, yeah skeet. the nighttime where where uh, Nev Campbell's wearing and she's a teenager. She shouldn't be wearing the the most flattering uh, night uh, <laughs> nightgown attire, but I'm like that. Ah, you're just dressed like everybody's grandma. <laughs> you this. are dressed like you are dressed like Scrooge McDuck in a Christmas Carol right you, now. All you need is a hat and a little candle to walk around. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, sorry, I can't come out right now. And she blows yeah. out the candle. It's like time to take a slumber. <laughs> you skeet. What day is it? <laughs> Why it's it's Halloween, Mister <laughs> Scrooge. It, it hasn't happened yet. Yay. <laughs> God, we're dumb. <laughs> Your mother, Maureen Prescott, was raped and killed. Oh, no. <laughs> On this day one year ago, it was that scoundrel, Tiny Cotton Weary. <laughs> God bless us, everyone. <laughs> so, yeah, he's trying to sink in the window, and he, he does his exorcist monologue. Like, I saw it on TV, so all the good parts were... We're turned, we're, we're cut out. Cut out, yeah. I And he's like, we were on our, we were a PG-13 on our way to a hard R. 
And then your mother died and we stopped fooling around. Yeah. Like, like I get the teenagers are horny, but I think that's an okay excuse if your mother is murdered. Like you yeah. cannot want to have sex. It's been a year. <laughs> it's been a year, Gavin. Throw me something. <laughs> look at it. Just look at it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Her mother's dead. Give her a break or yeah. I just do you do you even see that relationship happening of Nev Campbell and Skeet? Like he seems like a guy that just pulls up, never not wearing a white undershirt. I think <laughs> like he just seems like he pulls up in a Trans Am everywhere he goes or a motorcycle. Like I I do I do buy the relationship, but it also seems odd to me that she's with this pseudo bad boy. You know? Yeah, because she is very goody as shown by her her sleeping attire yeah but I, she doesn't seem like the kind of girl who would just have a guy slinking in the window yeah this is the first time that's happened yeah and just oof yeah that whole exodus monologue and then being like would you settle for some pg-13 and then she shows him some titties that we do not <laughs> see yeah <laughs> that we don't see and but in my mind i was like i don't know if PG-13 movies can show boobs a lot. I only think of like a very few handfuls, uh, a couple of no, handfuls. Am I it right? It was rated R, but Steven Spielberg's he swooped in and convinced them <laughs> to rate it PG-13. <laughs> For this scene. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, I guess if you're referencing Titanic that hadn't come out yet, where it's like, this is a tasteful nude. This is not sexual. It's, yeah. it's art. But <laughs> like, what about a P-13? Like quick flash? Like, okay, okay. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, that is something. So so Billy Loomis got a little something. Yeah. What what does he call it? Like uh over the pants relationship or something? <laughs> I don't remember what he called it, but uh yeah. Yeah, your just... over the pants rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that's when he, this is Billy Loomis. Had he not been killed in this, would he have eventually evolved into get back to the sack guy from, from yeah, Madden? for sure. Are you coming back to the sack or what? I think Wes Craven loves that character, as do I. Uh, uh, did you know that actually uh, Billy Loomis's dad is the dad from Nightmare on Elm Street? What? Yeah, that is true. No, I That's fucking true. made that up. <laughs> well, Low stakes lying. <laughs> and I do want to point out that Don't Fear the Reaper rendition in the background of that makeout scene. Did you pick up on that? Yes. It's a very moody and and you know what other movie we talked about that featured Don't Fear the Reaper? Oh, I don't. Halloween. Halloween. Yes. Okay. That so, is... and, uh, there's multiple references. Billy Loomis, uh, and the, the parents say run down to the McKenzie's. That's what Jamie Lee Curtis says and mm -hmm. Halloween. So we're getting a bunch of it's it's already meta, but it's very it's meta meta. You know, if you, if you don't know, now you know. It's very meta in like we're 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 telling you what it is, and then we're also winking and nudging at the same time. Yeah, which and Billy Loomis is a reference to Doctor Loomis, who is a reference to Psycho. Yeah, so it it turtles all the way down, man. Layers <laughs> right now Layers next to me. I have a bunch of. Uh, pieces of yarn connecting paper. <laughs> and, uh, I was just thinking of like a very nice seven layer dip that I would mm -hmm. like to be eating right now. <laughs> uh, that That's where our minds are. But the, so you have that. And then the next day is like the scene at the fountain where mm -hmm. they're just casually talking about the brutal murder of one of their friends. 
Yeah. And it's, and it's, and, the, and that thing, it's, it's said that uh, what Matthew Lillard used to date Casey. Yeah. Stu Mocker used to date. And he's like, I think it, it make you the suspect. He's like, no, I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. And, and even watching it back so many times after seeing it for the first time, they, they hint a little bit, but it's never blatantly obvious. Like even, even in re-rewatches, nobody does anything like super sketchy. Yeah. Which is nice for re-rewatching where if you're sometimes the, the mystery is gone or if you can like guess who it is, it's mm-hmm. fun to guess who it is, but you don't want it to be so obvious where it's not fun or a game. Yeah. I tend to watch movies that I've never seen. I don't, I don't try to guess. I want to be along for the ride. Mm-hmm. Now, producer wife, on the other hand, she'll be 10 minutes and she'll be like, it was that guy right there. And then the end comes and guess what? It's that guy. She's very good at guessing who who done it. Oh, that's what we uh, we watched um, last night at Soho uh, recently, yeah. which I really enjoyed. But Stephanie was like, I bet this is going to happen. And then I think this also happened. I was like, you're just guessing everything correctly. This mm-hmm. is everything. Are, are you on IMDb right now? What, how are you? Yeah. Are, Producer are you wife a- did the same thing too, last <laughs> night. So, and then we were there like, well, th- this would have been a real shocker. If somebody had a <laughs> point Dexter over here, hadn't guessed everything. Oh, loud mouth over here. <laughs> Good old Sherlock loud mouth. <laughs> and that, that fountain scene too. I went back and looked cause the, the killer's wearing black boots. Mm-hmm. So it shows prominently later in the movie, the sheriff, he's wearing black boots. Oh. Where it's like he uh, he's talking to uh, Dewey and Dewey's got the ice cream cone and he's smoking. It cuts down to the black boots, but in the fountain scene, you can also see Stu and uh, and Matthew Lillard wearing black boots. Or, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking too. about. Yeah, I know what's happening. I've seen it. Uh, you could see, you can look because I I did the Google image search to see if they were wearing the black boots and they are. Oh, that that is a fun little tidbit there. Mm-hmm. But just the casual conversation and they feel like real teenagers. They feel yeah. like they're really having totally. a conversation. <laughs> 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 the totally totally podcast. Yeah, uh, they and, uh, they uh, J- Jamie Kennedy going into all these characters that some of them I still don't even know. I know. I ate her liver with a fine Chianti. Yeah, yeah, I know that. But that, yeah. there's like another one. I'm still like, I think that's an old timey gangster. But I still <laughs> haven't even figured that out. You know, uh, Randy is a great character. Randy yep. is us. He is yeah, all of he, us. R- Randy would today would have a podcast. Oh, if yeah. He had to have been killed in part t- in two. Like, oh, yeah. He'd be a podcaster. He'd definitely be. He'd probably be talking about ivermectin 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent but yeah randy is, is a great character who is us and points out things for us mm-hmm. but it never feels preachy or forced mm-hmm. uh, it's very casual because the the dialogue and scream is so good yeah and it's it's like it's almost a what is this almost a two-hour movie but it doesn't feel that way yeah, it does not. It moves at a very brisk pace because there's always something happening. Either you're suspecting somebody, somebody's mm-hmm. getting killed. It is just so good. Like the I, opening I, is 13 minutes. In the end, I, I kind of clocked it watching it. This is like the last uh, third of the movie is 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's a big chunk, but it doesn't feel, it moves quick. Absolutely. And some of the kills in this movie are very very creative it is a lot of unremarkable (laughs) (laughs) what what are some that that are unremarkable for you uh when fonzie got it in the principal's office he just got stabbed a few times 
I don't even call him principal whatever, and I don't call him Henry Winkler. That's Fonzie to me, Dan. <laughs> that is principal Fonz. He, <laughs> yeah, jumped I, the, he jumped the shark into academics. <laughs> and that was, uh, you know, I, I think it's not a secret. I, they added that kill in because I think at that point in the movie, it went a half hour without uh, a kill. So they're like, let's go off the principal. And then that gave them a way to get everybody away from the party when they're like, yeah, he's hanging from the goalpost or whatever you know which is crazy who did that yeah it was it was it Stu and billy who did that and who also is like let's go look at it like, <laughs> that's Y'all. crazier to me than do actually hanging the guy from the goalpost you know i know that high schoolers love three things they love booze mm-hmm. they love boobs and they like watching their principal dead hanging from a goalpost that's right well and he they make a, a case where like is this dude the killer when he's like has those scissors with the the two guys that are running around with the masks like yeah you're like they okay. kind of make a case of like is is Henry Winkler the killer <laughs> this would it, this would be a much different franchise if your killer who goes on to sequels is Henry Winkler <laughs> what's your favorite Happy Days episode <laughs> oh, I like the ones with Chotsky I think I like <laughs> I like those. I like the one that was set in the fifties. I really like, I liked how the days were so happy. <laughs> what's your, who's your favorite character from happy Gilmore? It was Shooter the coach. Mc- that was. <laughs> Shooter McGavin. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, like, I think that kill is, he, he just gets stabbed. It's nothing great. You know, it's just yeah, it's nothing stabbing, bad. but what did you think? Some of the, some of the good kills were. I think for me, the one with Tatum in the garage with the garage door. Also, just the coldest night must have been the coldest night to just. uh. I stared at those boobs for seven years. (laughs) I tried to keep them locked away. (laughs) For some reason, like, like, that's just a meme of her hard nips poking through the shirt. (laughs) And nobody said anything on the day of. Like, those must have been the best takes. (laughs) <laughs> be like, well, I mean, we have some with her titties not rock hard and cutting yeah, yeah. glass. We have some, but it, the fire's just not there. It's just, and it's just like that. Per, she's just framed in that shot, and your eyes are like, that's there. It's just two, just nips, you know, <laughs> and. And then she tries to get through the doggy door. And what a strong garage door that is. <laughs> that she's not be. fat by any means, but she's like a hundred pounds, probably like over a hundred pounds. That must have been that garage door opener had to be recalled because it did not stop for anything. No, <laughs> it's, it's like it's going up one way or the other. <laughs> and I, I read that she kept uh, falling through because like, that's how she, if she locked her keys out of her house, that's how she would get in her real house uh, is go through the, the doggy door. So they had like nail her shirt to the garage door. So she wouldn't keep falling out of the garage door. <laughs> and not only are her nipples, the hardest nipples ever been filmed on screen, but then they just put her boobs through the door. So it's, there's no waste. There's no, like, it is just her boobs on display in this door. Well, that's why she couldn't get back out through the door because those things are like a, a barb on a fish hook. You can get them <laughs> through there, but you can't get it back out. Uh, that's, old... that's how nature intended. <laughs> if you got, if you're a well-endowed woman, do not go through a garage door. You will get stuck. Yeah, is that is that your favorite kill? 
I think so. There aren't a lot of creative kills in, in this first one. It's, it's a lot of stabbings, a lot of slashings. Yeah. Um, I think the kill, uh, we didn't, Gail Weathers is a great character. Mm-hmm. Not to get too, Gail Weathers, Courtney Cox, um, where, where she met her future husband and then former husband, David Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> future and former husband. You know, just knock it all out in one introduction. Mm-hmm. Gail Weathers uh, with the Maureen Prescott murder investigation thinking Kyle got weary. So you have the, this media surrounding as well. So there's reason for like these, these kids to be such a spotlight and this story being so much more national and covered mm-hmm. because it is on the anniversary of uh, Sidney's mom's murder. I think, I think the most brutal kill probably is the cameraman who gets killed because he gets his throat slash, he bleeds out, and then they throw him on the roof of the news van and just bleed him out there too. Well, you know what? He, he When she tells you to move, she means move your fat tub of lard ass. <laughs> just, yeah, she is ever. I worked in news briefly for six weeks after college, and yeah. it was, I, I didn't meet any true Gale Weathers, Mm-hmm. But I met some who, with a few years, could one hundred percent be a Gail Weathers. Well, and now, and now I think in 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 the part five, she's got like some kind of news show, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that she would also just have a true crime podcast. Oh yeah, and I don't want to be mean, but in Scream Five, Courtney Cox's face is morphing into the ghost face. <laughs> That's mean. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help it. I don't want to judge anybody on their looks, but sometimes it is out there. Mm-hmm. It is. So watching Scream 1, it's nice watching a simpler Friends, <laughs> friends yeah. era Courtney Cox, whose face has not been completely stretched on her skull. Can't be worse than the bangs and uh, I don't remember what. Part three. Part three. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm judging, but lo- I'm going to go ahead and say something shitty after I said <laughs> no. Uh, you got you got this the scares. What I love uh, in this movie is like there's a lot of chase scenes where where Ghostface is really just stumbling and bumbling through the whole he, thing. He's a real guy. You can hit him. You can fight him. He runs. He runs. You know. He like, runs. Even when those kids are being assholes, and you see the boots come down in the bathroom stall. Mm-hmm. and first off just to go to school the, the next day after a murder and be like you know i'll be a great prank will be the best thing let's prank yeah. this victim of a violent crime by tormenting her like i know high schoolers are terrible mm-hmm. but even that feels like god jesus okay i guess yeah this is what kind of high school we're going to and and to like also just have to change into a costume like the the shoes are one thing where you can wear that with any outfit but it's like man you got to just carry this glittery black robe <laughs> and a mask and a knife everywhere you have to wait in the bathroom until sydney prescott has to use it yeah let, let's say she doesn't go to the bathroom <laughs> then that's a whole day wasted mm-hmm. you're like i stood on this toilet the whole day yeah. waiting to get my scares off and then she never had to poop but it's also one of those scares where it's like it's daytime this is essentially a public place mm-hmm. and she almost got got she almost got got by by people that ain't even ghost face yeah she, she almost got got by just two random high schoolers the other uh i think that's lo- i love it but it's a little outlandish to me is 
when they're on the the porch, her and Tatum, and she's like, you know, this is not some Wes Carpenter flick. And then it just cuts to Ghostface in the bushes <laughs> during the day. Like, I, I like it, but I'm also like, he's just in the bushes over there during the day. Nobody else is seeing him. Like, And that's one of the problems I had with um, Scream 5. Because there is a kill that takes place in broadest daylight mm-hmm. on a front lawn where people are screaming, people are yelling, and it's nobody like, why is nobody doing anything? Why is nobody helping? But I think I think you'd be surprised at how nobody does anything really, like just watching or nothing, nothing, nobody's there. It's a neighborhood, but we're yeah, all I, in our own worlds. And honestly, I, I say that as like a, a snobby, snarky film watcher. Like, mm-hmm. this is clearly nobody's coming. How big is this town? If they yeah. say it's so small, but the police aren't there yet. <laughs> but if I saw somebody getting stabbed on a lawn, I I know absolutely yeah. <laughs> not. No, I I've, I lived in a neighborhood one time where on Valentine's Day I had a girl over and we heard screaming. It was not a great neighborhood. And we heard screaming and there was a guy just like fighting a woman on his front porch and i was like nope this is yeah. not my business it's not my problem i did call the police mm-hmm. but i was like nope not getting involved with this because i still have to live here and then you're like you know this relationship's been nothing but pg-13 baby <laughs> and i'd like it to go hard r <laughs> i want that i want it to be x-rated before edits <laughs> before the cops get here <laughs> and make all the cuts yeah and of course you're uh there's been murders you just got chased in the bathroom at your high school and they let school out early because of the murders and what would you do after that gavin if, if there's, a, a, there's a killer on the loose and there's a curfew mm-hmm. party at Stu Mocker's house <laughs> yeah. everybody <laughs> where there's no parents cindy's his her dad's out the first whatever you know 20 minutes of the movie it seems like nobody else has parents in this town. Is this Neverland? <laughs> they're all, the, they're all lost boys. There's no parents. There's no adults ever. It's Haddonfield or any, like, it's like, if you had parents, this would just be fixed. <laughs> you know. If any of your parents stopped going on business trips, mm-hmm. you would be fine. Well, even in uh, Elm Street, like, the mom's a drunk. Yeah, but the, she's, st- but you know what? She's still present. I'm sure she goes to like all the school PTA meetings. Just drunk at it. Yeah, she's physically there, <laughs> mentally. Woo. She's like, what are we doing about these kids' lunches? <laughs> Ma'am, this is a softball game. <laughs> I say stop cutting pizzas into squares with the scissors. It's not nutritious. <laughs> Ma'am, this is a please leave the softball game. We're trying. You're on the pitcher's mound. <laughs> Ma'am, please. <laughs> Uh, and forever, I, I also wanted to point out, I, I just called Ghostface Scream forever. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Like, I don't yeah. know. I was like, that's Scream. And then producer <laughs> wife was like, you know, that's Ghostface, right? I'm like, well, yeah, I, I know that, but I just called him Scream. You know, <laughs> like to me, it's like calling, uh, if I called Michael Clark Duncan Green Mile, you know, like. You know, that's Green Mile right there. That's who that is. You know, Tom Hanks, that's Castaway. You know, yeah. that, that that's Volleyball Friend. You remember you know? when Castaway was in that Da Vinci Code movie? 
I love that you just call him Scream. Yeah. I, I, I like that you saw a different movie and the killer was just the painting called The Scream. The Scream, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah it, it's, it's The Scream. That painting came to life and killed some people. Yeah, which is a ripoff from Home Alone when he puts the cologne on and he screams. <laughs> oh, how deep does this conspiracy go? <laughs> uh, let's ask uh, Jamie Kennedy. How yes. Uh, Jamie, do you follow Jamie Kennedy on social media? Some of them, yes. I don't remember all the accounts, but yeah. Yeah, he is. I I, I met Jamie Kennedy at Horror Hound uh, 2019. He -hmm. was nice, kind of odd. But yeah. he wasn't he wasn't rude or anything. He was very I've heard some people have, have had very negative experiences with him. Mm-hmm. He was perfectly fine to me. But he is if you think he's lovable Randy in real life, he's he's not. Yeah. Well, you know, and I, I was at the same con you were, and I, I don't tend to get things signed, but just watching people get things signed, you know who was working the room and was like, I became a fan watching this guy talk to people was Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard met him. He gives the best hugs and he didn't care if you were, I'm sure he asked permission, but he's like, Hey, come on in. He hugged me twice. He hugged my, he hugged Stephanie. He was the warmest, the nicest celebrity I have ever met in my entire mm-hmm. life. This is a guy who loves his fans. He will, he stood there and his line line was so long because he took three, four minutes, just talking to you, signing your stuff mm-hmm. and just asking about your day. And if you're having fun, the nicest human in existence. Um, so yeah, you watched him just, he was so nice and it never felt like you were paying too much for an autograph because you, you were getting an experience with him. Yeah, He wasn't just signing and going. There are some people who just sign and go and you get like Bruce Campbell is the most disappointing celebrity <laughs> I, I, I have ever met in my, and I, he was on my bucket list to meet and it was the most just impersonal, sign and go experience in my mm. life and it, it, it was very sad and I, I i was very disappointed by it well let's let's stop talking about scream let's talk shit about bruce camp now <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get real Tur- turn these mics off are they off this is a shoot interview brother <laughs> um yeah like what so how do you feel about the this big this big house first off at the end like what is what do his parents do I, I have a bad habit of doing that with any movie, not just scream or I grew up lower middle class. So mm-hmm. we, we survived, but it was never like, well, was all very a modest upbringing. Whenever I see anybody in a movie with money, I go, God, God damn, what the family do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I imagine yeah, you had the kind of upbringing that you saw Jason Shack and, and Friday part two. And we're like, what's this guy do for a job? <laughs> How do you get, is that mortgaged? How can he afford sheets of metal to put on the side of that shack? <laughs> That's welded. That is welded. Does he got an arc welder in there? <laughs> yeah, but it's like watching this movie a bunch of times. I'm like, this is, this is like a half mansion going on. You know, you got a boat, you got a, just a, lots of land. It seems like, like. And where are his parents? Like, yeah, they're just always gone. They're, every parent is gone, and the house is empty. So it's late party, and it's it's a big house and very luxurious. But I feel like their their viewing room for TV isn't as impressive as as it should be. No, and it's yeah, and it but it seems like a very like I've seen bigger parties and been to bigger parties than what's going on here. It's like pretty low key. 
which that's the kind of party I would prefer. Yeah, where it's just like a bunch of friends hanging out, watching movies, maybe having a few beverages. Yeah, you can go up to my parents' room and, uh, you know. Knock boots. Knock, just get a beager. Just, <laughs> it always just seems a, so weird just, to me when, like, Matthew Laird's like, you go, go, go up to my parents' room. And, like, in my head, I'm like, sure, it's a chance to get laid. But I'm also like, I don't want to lay on anybody else's bed. There was a girl like, I know. It seems gross to me. There was a girl I know who had a Halloween party and I, I didn't go to it because why? Uh, and she, but it was like one of those parties where it's like going to be way too many people. Everybody's going to be drinking. I don't drink. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I just get uncomfortable around people who drink a lot because they always ask me like why I don't drink. And I have to like rationalize why I don't do this thing. You um, just say you're an alcoholic. <laughs> just say I'm in recovery. Asking. I'm and, recovering. And I don't know if that's insensitive to like true on the wagon alcoholics, but when you're dealing with drunk rationale of what, why do you, well, how come you don't do that? It's just easier to say I'm on the wagon and they'll just leave you alone. But in one of her Facebook posts, she's like, hey, if you're coming to this party, listen, if you want to have sex, that's fine. We have a bedroom downstairs. We have a bedroom over what? here. Just <laughs> Yeah, just like what does this just, just advertising all the places to bang in in their home? It's just it's like ugh. I don't want to. I, I First off, I, I mean, I had roommates, so I've had intercourse with, with other people in a house mm-hmm. but i don't want to be like at a party where we're like they're, they're fucking in there ah, yeah. bang on the door just yeah. knocking hey you signed the room out for a half hour slot you're over your time i like, would like to read in here now please <laughs> i will sign up for the room but i will do no banging i just want <laughs> it's like i hire a sex worker just to talk <laughs> uh yeah, just big big house um and 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 uh, Gail shows up. Like, how much older is Gail compared to all these kids? Yeah, because and she thinks she fits in, and that is not a thing. Nobody's ever going to think. But whoa, the I mean, we have a local weatherman here in Evansville who's dope as hell. I love him. And if he showed up to a party, they'd be like, "Holy shit, he's here! What's yeah. going on? Yeah!" Now but- this party can get started. Now <laughs> that twenty twenty is here. <laughs> Dateline. Like. Oh shit, Diane Sawyer's doing a keg stand. <laughs> oh, Tom Brokaw. <laughs> What's up, Chug, bro? Chug Barbara Walters. Get <laughs> it. Go, go, go. <laughs> like it's uh, and like maybe teens don't get drunk. Teens definitely don't care. But I'm like, this lady is here for a story. There's nothing, no other way that she's here other than to dig up some dirt. And she just walks in in, in her red power suit, mm-hmm. just like, hey, what's going on, everybody? To, to set up a camera. This is 1996. The mm-hmm. Wi-Fi feed, it bothers me. Every I'm like, this is 1996, but the wireless was not that good to be streaming. She's like, it's yeah. on a delay. It's like, it would be fuzzy and on a delay. <laughs> it, it would not be good. Well, in the peek behind the curtain last night, you and I tried to record this very episode. Yes. And we couldn't because the Wi-Fi sucks so bad. Yeah, because we had a storm and our Wi-Fi hadn't fully recovered yet. And it's like, this is 2022. Yeah. And we have fast internet. We're inside. We are hardwired. And then they're like, we're going to do use this magic spooky technology to, there, to, live, to, to stream on Twitch to my van. I did have, in this, they're like, 
if you just there's a couple flaws in this movie but i still think it's great but a section of my notes i just wrote questionable technology <laughs> like first we have the the texting the cops from a computer mm-hmm. i don't know how i don't know back then if that was a thing probably now you could do that but yeah. back then when like the, the the screen is black and the text is green <laughs> like i don't think that happened at all <laughs> It's like you got to pull up the command prompt, get into DOS, put in four floppy disks, and then say yeah. call 911. And then it'll say file not recognized. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, because it's not real. You can't yeah. do this. Uh, we, we also, we had the camera from this, I don't know how many yards, 50 yards from the house to the van mm-hmm. well, that's on a delay. Clear, be- but clear. You could see what people are saying, you know. It was 50 yards because the house had a restraining order against the van. It could have been closer. <laughs> it could have been closer, but no, not court. He didn't, well, he didn't want to ma- move his fat tub of lard ass closer. <laughs> uh, we've got cloning a cell phone, which is a thing later in the series. I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't, I don't know what that means. You clone a cell. I know you make like a copy of the cell phone. I just don't know how that works to, to, to this day. And let me rephrase it. I misspoke, Gavin. They cloned a cellular telephone. <laughs> I, I want to get it correct because everybody in this movie can't not just say phone, cell phone, cell. They got to say cellular telephone. Oh, God. And yes. that's a, this is a product of, you know, 1996 or whatever it was. But it's just those types of things when you go back and you're like, oh, what are you doing with a cellular telephone? You know, <laughs> this is to cellular telephones as Elm Street was to child murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just I remind you. <laughs> Uh, and then the the other thing that's throughout the series too is this voice changer yeah i've never heard a voice changer that's that good where you can't hear your voice on the other end yeah it's it'd be like a a yak back uh you remember that (laughs) (laughs) or like that that the tape thing from uh, was it home alone 2 <laughs> the, the talk boy yeah what, yes, whatever i'd it is, like yeah. i'd like one hotel room please with <laughs> a mini bar <laughs> what scary movies uh yeah cl- I, all that if you can i can overlook all that because it is what it is and it's like the like the voice changer that's kind of a big plot thing throughout yeah. the movie mm-hmm. but i i just need you to facilitate the kills and stuff so it, that doesn't really bother me but I'm just like, that's some questionable technology in this film. Yeah. And it ultimately, they're, they're very minor things that us in 2022 are like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. silly. But back then, we're like, this technology is going to change our lives. I'm going to go home and call the police from my computer right now just to see if <laughs> I can do it. You up? <laughs> Woodsboro PD? <laughs> what going on? What you wearing? Oh, badge and gun? Mm. <laughs> well, put that on my desk and get out them trousers. <laughs> Uh, and we have, uh, so Dewey gets stabbed. Yeah. Um, in the back, right? Like he stumbles out. Yeah. Do you like Dewey as a character? I like him later in the series that he's really a doofy. Like he's like, you can, he's easily made fun of in this first one, at least. I like even Tatum's like, uh, he's like, when I'm wearing this badge, you got to respect me. That's what mom says. Like (laughs) she totally negates all his authority whenever she's around i like that he is a deputy for the sheriff's department and he's still living at home yeah and he's he's now 25 because he was 24 for a whole year no 
<laughs> I was not living at home at 25, thankfully. I, I was I was out at that point. I think I had moved back home at 25. So as uh, as is the millennial rite of passage. That's right. <laughs> you have to go uh, back for a little bit. I, I do like him later in the series, and I I really appreciate. I think it was started with with Scream Two, where they he got his own soundtrack that kind of uh wild west type soundtrack mm-hmm. showdown type thing yes. but i li- i definitely like him as a character yeah him getting stabbed and you think he gets killed you think you like a lot oh. in this series just in general. yeah <laughs> you do think he does die a whole lot in this series because mm-hmm. he's just always it, it becomes a running joke because in scream 2 they're like yeah he stabbed him in the, in the scar tissue from the first movie yeah so it's like oh it wasn't fully healed he's okay because of that um, I like Debbie Dewey as a character. I think David Arquette is amazing. He's very nice when we met him. He's a very warm human as well. Uh, really fun wrestler. Uh, yeah. Former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, baby. My champ. Uh, a lot of wrestler, a lot of wrestling fans hate it, but um, your belt is fake and nothing matters. Uh, so yeah. why not put it on David Arquette? It's it's just fun. Yeah, it is fun. I love wrestling, but I also love David Arquette being champion <laughs> and that being a real thing that happened during my lifetime. How do we feel about um, uh, Skeet or uh, Matthew Lillard? Oh, Skeet is just the skeeziest boy, but he is also just very like I could see any of like a lot of people just like because he's just got something about him that's like dirty hot well, like it's, you it's know that half johnny depp syndrome type thing yes he's very much got that and if you think it's bad in in scream he plays uh on riverdale today and mm-hmm. he, he he's a character on riverdale i don't know if he left but in the first in the seasons i watched he is just full daddy mode and like, oh my, that man aged like wine. I'm a straight mm-hmm. man, but even I'm like, damn, okay. <laughs> the South Side Serpents. Okay, I see what you're doing. I see yeah. what we're doing. <laughs> um, but um, I have our poster signed by him. I didn't get to meet him. One of our friends guy got a sign for us, and she said that he was very nice as well. Nice. It's always yeah, nice to hear when people are nice. The only person I didn't get to sign the poster is Rose McGowan because she was charging more than Nev Campbell. That seems, but bizar- like. Know your worth, but also know your worth compared to I don't know Nev Campbell. Like yeah, like Nev, like David Arquette was fifty dollars. Nev Campbell was fifth was sixty. Mm-hmm. I think Matthew Lillard was fifty dollars for like a mm-hmm. combo photo, and uh, Jimmy Kennedy was thirty, which is fine. Uh, but Rose McGowan was eighty dollars. That seems like a lot. Was it, she wearing a, that shirt? She was not. She was. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> She wasn't even dressed sexy enough to go and bother talking to her. Her, I don't, her nips weren't even hard. I don't. <laughs> for eighty dollars, I better cut some glass and take it home. <laughs> you know, some guy said that though. At the, I'm not waiting to this line. <laughs> if she can't cut my towel from a bathroom, what are we fucking doing here? Um, and then we got uh, Matthew Lillard. Like, I think he's my favorite character in this movie absolutely and it's it all has to do with the end yeah my parents are gonna be so mad at me i got that's just the thing i say around the house (laughs) my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me yeah you killed people dude yeah like best case scenario is nobody has died and you just you threw a party at their house (laughs) they'd probably be mad at that not to mention 
the blood everywhere. <laughs> principal, dude. Like, <laughs> I think a lot about the line. Feeling pretty woozy here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the that's the other flaw in this movie is that they decide to stab each other before they killed Nev Campbell and her dad. <laughs> I never thought of, be like she's been formidable at one hundred percent. Let's lower our power levels like 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 Goku fighting Frieza just <laughs> let to me, make it fair. Let me start bleeding everywhere. Then... <laughs> okay, you know, uh, stay don't don't go too deep. Stay to the side. Oh, and just, just like yeah. just, like you hit him in the stomach. You yeah. went right up the right up the middle. Look at Skeet Ulrich. He's he's clearly a psychopath. Yes, but Nev Campbell can get killed because they did get it on. Mm-hmm. And that that was the that's how they unlocked it. Yeah, that's how they unlocked the the achievement. They're like, okay, yeah. I can do it. Murder. Uh, I did like the fake out of of him pretending to be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he's pretty su- he's pretty sus throughout yeah. the whole movie and then when you're like oh he's getting killed then then he walks downstairs he's like corn syrup mm-hmm. just like they did in psych just like they did in carry yeah and i was like oh this is good and then him and Stu being together on it and the rationalization of because her mom was having an affair with her dad and it caused her his parents to break up and it, it all ties together it, it's mm-hmm. all very sound logic they have good motive and then <laughs> Stu, Stu, why, why'd you do it? Peer pressure. Yeah. Like it de- definitely feels like peer pressure. Like this guy could, could be talked into this even a year before where they killed her mom. Yeah. Like they were killing for a year. Yes. And we only know about the mom. And then do you think they killed other people in between that time? probably for practice and stuff but like and even like uh skeet says uh he's like you know the best motive is no motive yeah sometimes they're probably just practice killings i like that we his name is billy but we we've been calling him by skeet the whole time because yeah. it's it's so much more fun it's so much yeah. better is, skeet. Is, is you think that is that short for skeeter i don't know let me look that up because i've always wondered if that is a stage name or what it is i don't i don't know how, why Brian, uh, Brian Ray Trout. Is that his real name? That's what it says. What, no. Why did Skeet Ulrich change his name? He changed his name from Brian to Skeet Ulrich to reflect the nickname he was given on uh, on his Little League baseball team. Skeet is short for mosquito, and Ulrich won uh, this nickname from his coach because he was small, skinny, and fast. Oh. Okay. <laughs> you got you to feel like his parents kind of hate that. They're like, we gave you this name and you're like going to change it to Skeet and because of Little League? Okay. And uh, I, I'm looking at photos of uh, adult Skeet and man, I'm I'm creaming your jeans over here, Gavin. <laughs> He's like full on zaddy. Like he is, <laughs> he is an incredibly looking man. You could stab me any day, Skeet. I know, just whatever. I, we'll, we'll go straight to director's <laughs> cut exorcist. <laughs> Now, do you? There's a scene in the kitchen when they're like in Sydney's face, and Matthew Lillard gets uncomfortably close to Skeet, like behind, comes up behind him. Yes. Like is, and I think there's a fan theory that they were gay. I don't, I don't, I don't even know, but I'm like, whether it's intense and like they're trying to kill Nev or whatever, but it's like I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, man, that is. I only get that close to my wife. You know? <laughs> 
Well, as as you know, for me, I I believe that all horror movie killers should all be straight heterosexual white men. Uh, I, as does I, uh, Kevin Williamson, <laughs> a gay man. What a gay man wrote this. <laughs> he also wrote Dawson's Creek. What? No, thank you. In the <laughs> podcast now. No, no, can't be talking about too much gay and people loving who they're who the, who they love. <laughs> How dare we? Um, I can see that. I'm sure there's Tumblr fan fiction about like yeah, the 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 night skeet skeeted or whatever. And the thing that it's maybe like uh, Matthew Lillard was gay and and skeet was just like I'm gay too, but first help me kill these people, <laughs> and then I'll bottom for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we we get the kill of uh, of. Um, of Stu uh, getting the TV on his head, the big tube TV. Yes. Which I, I back in the day, I think you could get killed by a TV to I the think head. So. Right? He also gets electrocuted. That's one true. Of the mo- one of the most popular fan theories, though, is be- some people think that he is still alive because they, they don't mm-hmm. think that would kill him. And this comes from an unused idea or draft of Scream 3, mm-hmm. where instead of it being the kind of dumpster fire that, that it was with like the, the director, it was going to be uh, Stu who had survived. It mm-hmm. was going to be the reveal to be a mastermind. I don't think he's alive. I think he's dead. They've had so many opportunities in these, in, in, especially in the past two with four and five, if they were going to bring him back, knowing how much the fans love Matthew Lillard, they would have done it by now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it makes any sense now. I We're getting Scream 6 very soon next year. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're getting it next year. I just don't think there's any reason to bring him <laughs> back now. I think it'd be kind of dumb. Well, that's all. That's everybody's go-to twist is it's stew. You know, like, and I, again, I would probably love it because I love the character. I like Matthew Lillard. And he he said the idea was to have me with a burned up face orchestrating mayhem from prison, people attacking uh, high schools. But apparently that was around the time of Columbine. So thankfully Mm -hmm. something like Columbine hasn't happened again, you know, (laughs) It was a it was a real one off thing. Yeah. And and our gun laws got a lot stricter <laughs> and we all got we we all really took a long, hard reflection at, at the Second Amendment and said, wow, I don't think our founding fathers meant AR-15s. And we politics out of my podcast, Gavin. <laughs> and we have been new and we have been New Zealand ever since. <laughs> That's true. But I think for me, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I just don't. I would like him to be back. I didn't love how they brought spoilers. If you, uh, I mean, I, I feel like if you're hearing this podcast, you've probably seen scream five. Now the one that mm-hmm. came out early, th- earlier this year in 2022 uh, spoiler. If you have it, I didn't love that. They brought Billy back. I thought it was dumb. Mm-hmm. I did. I, I didn't. That, that was my least favorite part of the new movie. Bring, bring these legacy characters back and making, st- making Billy, especially after watching this first one, watching Scream 5 and then like trying to retroactively make Billy Loomis like this anti-hero. It's like, no, he killed his friends. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, but, he, it, you know, you put a little time and space between it. Those kids, you know, they know he's a killer, but we watched him kill. Yeah, I just don't. I, I didn't like the ghost Billy in, in the new one where it's like, be who you were born to be. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's cool. This 
she's got serial killer in her blood like fantastic take your weapon strike me down <laughs> and become, make me more powerful than i ever could imagine <laughs> take the voice changer <laughs> change your voice um yeah i and i i don't know where else to go after you know we've kind of covered most of it right yeah uh well we didn't cover the best part which is the very very end where they kill Stu. they are they kill Stu with, with the tv allegedly mm-hmm. and then they uh kill billy with they like stab him with an umbrella they stab him a bunch he gets shot but then he comes back for one last scare ah, and yeah. and they have a very definitive ending for a killer this. They, they they shoot them in the head yeah which is very definitive which is so many horror movies are saying just shoot, just shoot him in the head. Just shoot him in the head. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever shoots him in the head, but they did it this time, and it, and it kills him. Mm-hmm. And pretty uh, like, there's no uh, no getting around a shot to the head. Yeah, and Nev Campbell saying, "Not in my movie." Like it's such a good line. I have when when she signed our screen poster, I had her write that line on it. Uh, so I, I love that line. Not not in my movie. Not in so, my movie. And what four survivors at the end? Yeah, well, we have five. We got Gail. Uh, Gail, Dewey, Randy, and Nev. Yeah, Sydney. Is that that's four, right? Yeah, that's four. That's I mean, that's still usually a movie is just a straight bloodbath, and it's like, oh, it's the lone survivor, you know? Yeah, but I think they, I think Kevin Williamson. I don't know if he said this if he said this in interviews or not, but they they clearly had sequel potential. Because he's like I and I have it right here of like. he was is easier to sell the scripts if they were he had five page outlines for potential sequels, scary movie two, scary movie three. He hoped to entice buyers with the potential for a franchise. So he's like, here, here's three movies that you could build a whole franchise on. And they're gonna be real cheap to make. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's uh, and that's quick awesome. because they had a less than a year turnaround for two, you know. Well, if you think about it, horror is one of the cheapest genres to produce. You don't need a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody really made, made a good point to me because at the time on AMC, Walking Dead and Mad Men were airing at the same time. And Mad Men is way more expensive than The Walking Dead because you have to make it set in the in, in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. You, you have to make sure all the cars are right. It, Walking Dead is prosthetics and fake blood. Let's go, yeah, let's go into the woods in Georgia. Yeah, and just shoot Walking Dead. And and that's it. But so horror is the mo- one of the most profitable genres because scaring people is cheap and effective. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you feel about the look of Ghostface? Because in the, in the script, Williamson, he just wrote Masked Killer. I think that... I, and this is one of the things where my mind... I think I saw the Ghostface mask in stores before mm-hmm. Scream had ever come out. It, it vaguely remember because it was a real regular Funland costume. Yeah, they said it was. It was like oh, at every five and dime in the in the movie, you know. So yeah, every and dime you could, store, you know. Yeah, and, and you could buy that in the store mm-hmm. and just and so to use something that was pretty anonymous and non conspicuous, and then just adapt it to be one of the most horror like horror villains in the in mm-hmm. ever made. Um, because a lot of like we we buy a lot of the action figures and stuff, and I have uh, he's a Ghostface is a killer in Dead by Daylight, the video game, mm-hmm. and that they have to credit Funland 
as like the, as one of the trademarks on there. So they don't actually fun own. World. Yeah, Fun World. They don't. They don't um, actually own the rights to to, to yeah. that mask. Um. Do you do you know the story behind the uh, the guy who inspired Scream? I don't. What is the story that inspired it? It was the uh, the Gainesville Ripper, which, as far as serial killer names go, I love a Ripper. Yeah, you got to have a good Ripper. Jack the Ripper, the Ripper Ripper, like the yeah the whatever River Killer BTK. That's a good Biden torture kill. Yeah, you gotta have good. a real, gotta have a good moniker to really make a splash in the serial killing game. So this guy uh, named Danny Rowling headed to Gainesville, Florida, and went on a grisly crime spree over four days in August 1990. He would uh, stalk, stab, and kill five college students, four females, and one male. His pattern was the same, breaking into apartments while residents were asleep, stabbing them in their beds. Uh, He raped the women before killing them. His male victim, a roommate of one of the girls, was killed in his bed after being awoken by the attack. Uh, he mutilated his female victims after raping and killing them, leaving them leaving severed heads and corpses staged in lewd sexual positions. So this, is, this is a little Michael Myers type. Thing. That's a lot. That is, that that is a lot, and that's the Gainesville Ripper you said. Yeah, that is. I don't think I've ever heard of him before. So that is like, whenever like killing people is one thing, but when you're like staging them and puppeting them, that's like a whole other level of like it's a menacing. Yeah. And to have and, the time to do it and like not fear about getting caught, just not just being able to take your time. Like that yeah. is a whole, like to not, if I ever, I, I have no murder tendencies, but if I were to kill somebody, I would immediately be like, I'm afraid of being caught. I need yeah. to get out of here right now. I'm not going to like hang around and see what I can make. Yeah. Let me, let me set these guys up and pose them. Yeah. Not, not, not for me. Uh, so Kevin Williams is watching that, and, and uh, as he was watching, he looked around his own home, realizing that easily someone could uh, come in and surprise him. So this, is, you know, in his head, that's like a, a home invasion. To me, that's one of the scarier types of movie as a home invasion, because if you can't be at home at home, then where can you be at home, you know? that That is one of my recurring nightmares. A lot of my recurring nightmares are all home invasion based. Oh, um, that's that's scary. I sleep with a baseball bat under my bed. Uh, Stephanie thinks it's dumb, but I go, I want something here. If anything ever happens, I'd like, she thinks to... it's dumb. Says the woman who leaves the door unlocked all the time. She's like, she, she's like, well, I leave the door open. I leave guns and knives in the doorway. So if those are coming in, they feel welcome. <laughs> Come on in friend. Do you want a machete? Just be real. <laughs> just take your shoes off when you come in, <laughs> please. Um, and any other thoughts on on Scream? Perfect. It's a great, perfect movie. I think it's a, I, yeah, it's it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorites, and that's why we waited till the end of this podcast to, uh, not the end of the pod podcast forever. This but, is the last episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, last, last, last episode of our inaugural season, but we may yeah. have something a little fun planned uh, yeah. for next one. And I, yeah, Scream is perfect. I love it. It's one, like I said, I'll put on as background noise. I look forward to watching it every Halloween season or whenever the mood strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't love the sequels as much. Um, I, but I, this first one is just so much fun and the, the, the perfect slasher movie for me. Um, we didn't really talk much about Nev Caitlin. You kind of talked about a little bit with, with, with Sid, but like, 
I, I think, and this could be a conversation for another podcast too, but I think she's the, the quintessential and best final girl. 100%. She is smart. She is cunning because Ghostface isn't this unstoppable killing monster, like a Michael Myers or a Jason Voorhees. She is witty. She has smarts. She, the thing with the door where, where she jams the door. So Ghostface can't come in. That's yeah. so smart. She's trying, she dresses up like him to try to, it, she is never dumb. She mm-hmm. doesn't make the, she does run upstairs, which whatever, but she, she's never the quintessential dumb horror girl. Yeah. And, and, it, and she shows those traits. They remarked on it in the movie. And she becomes just such a strong character throughout the entire franchise where she grows and grows and like builds on her experiences. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just, just had the conversation with producer wife before we turned the mics on. And I, I said jokingly, because I've been watching a lot of like old, old movies recently and like, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I missed the, the time when women would just faint. Like, <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh, like, and that was that's how the monster got you. And then you wake up in the lair. But like you come a, such a long way from, oh, my word, and fainting <laughs> on a couch to uh, somebody that kind of takes charge, you know? My favorite. I, I love the creature from the Black Lagoon. It's my favorite universal monster. That movie. <laughs> It's just a woman fainting and being kidnapped by a sea creature several times. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord! Ah. Just like wake and like waking up in his lair and then leaving and be like, ah, just like yeah. fainting and just all over the place. Um, and I, this is a question I didn't ask you before, uh, but they uh, at this party they just throw on a horror movie for everybody to watch. Uh, if you're throwing a party, Gavin, and you're gonna put on a horror movie, what movie do you put on? Who? Because that's that's different if you're just watching a horror movie by yourself. You you want everybody to feel entertained, and like you don't you don't you're not gonna put on, uh, I don't know something that just drags the whole time, you know? Yeah. Like I wouldn't put The Exorcist on. <laughs> you know. You don't you don't watch Poltergeist in the background. <laughs> uh, just uh, probably the Blair Witch Project. There's a lot of people screaming in the woods. No. Yeah. Uh, I would. Army of Darkness, I think that's the best mm-hmm. background party horror movie because you if people people have seen it, they know it. They they love it. It's funny. You can kind of wander in and out. One time we watched a movie on a Halloween. We we watched the Evil Dead remake, which was a mm-hmm. fun one to watch as like uh at, at a party setting. But yeah, probably Army of Darkness with I, and, my with, with my your... good friend Bruce Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, Evil Dead Two. Yeah, so it's kind of a fun just movie to put on and if you don't get it or not aware of the series you can still like enjoy what's going on you know absolutely i think if you want to terrify your your friends put on the first evil dead and be like what is this movie yeah yeah just a lady peeking out of the floorboards and shit oh god just the the grossest special effects i would also put on uh return of the living dead that's a fun one too it's got so many breasts in it uh, that, that's exactly why i would be like hey if you, you see this woman her name is trash and she's yeah. gonna be naked most of this movie fully naked too no just for no reason in a cemetery that could be a, a conversation for another podcast too like party uh our our party horror movies ah, absolutely i love that uh, um scream though fantastic love it thank you love it i, I think you love it just as much as i do yeah do we have any oh shit moments and uh, other movies we'd recommend I, oh, oh shit moment killing drew barrymore in the opening scene absolutely That's definitely, yeah yeah 
killing Perfect. her, but then also the it, if it wasn't her, Drew Barrymore, you know, just that visual of being hung from the tree. I agree, but man, it being Drew Barrymore just adds to it. Yeah, that's a, that's for me the oh shit and the kill of the of the movie. Absolutely, yeah, really blows its wad in the first thirteen minutes. Go <laughs> now, we got more movie, <laughs> honey. Hold on, I'm gonna need a few minutes. Yeah, give me a a whole second act to, to get ready for the fourth, the third <laughs> act. Uh, other movies, if people like Scream, what what should they check out? Okay, if you like Scream, uh, Halloween H two O, Scream with Halloween, mm-hmm. uh, the the faculty. I also really like uh, Urban Legend, which is one of the most blatant Scream ripoffs ever, but it does some fun stuff. Uh, have you seen Urban Legend? Yeah, I have the a a a custom figure right behind me. Oh, of the Rebecca Gayhart in the hoodie. Oh, uh, yeah, right here. This guy uh, makes them on eBay. It's uh, I can't remember who who makes it. It's a custom horror dolls by will turner all these dolls are barbies and they just puts the costume on oh nice that's awesome um nobody can see through this because we are an audio medium i know but but if you go to ebay that's where he sells them yeah no that's and they're really and you you buy horror stuff and sometimes the custom ones are like i don't have fifteen (laughs) hundred (laughs) dollars no I'm not, I'm not Twitter's Brent here hewn. I cannot just, there's a guy who does, uh, I don't want to get too off track, but there's a guy who makes clay figurines at every horror convention I go to. Yeah. I have stuff some behind nice. me. Yeah. <laughs> his, his, his stuff is nice. It's like $80. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, it, it's handcrafted. It took a lot of time, but oh my God, but it's worth it. Good, good guy. And yeah, urban legends one I'd highly recommend if you like scream. Yeah. I would say, uh, the rest of the scream franchise first off, Mm-hmm. If you like the first one, and I, we probably in agreement. I didn't ask you, but three, three is the worst one, right? Yes, three is absolutely and, the worst one, and it's not terrible, but it's not the best. You Real know. Real quick, what are your rankings? Uh, Scream one, two. I'd have to watch five again, mm-hmm. but uh, Scream one, two, four, five, and three. Mine is one. One, four, five, two, three. Okay. Yeah. I like the new new ones a lot. Yeah. Uh I I would also say Friday 13th part one. That's a as I I think I mentioned on on that episode, a who done it. Who's the killer in Friday the 13th part one? Um <clears throat> Jason. Jason, it was Jason. I've seen that movie 30 times. Wrong answer. His, Bitch. Jason wasn't the killer until the sequels. His mother was. <laughs> uh Halloween H2O. I had the faculty. Uh, and that's another uh, Flying V uh, movie uh, <laughs> cover. And then also I said the thing. Also, if you yeah. wonder, if you're looking for who is the guy that's doing all this yeah. type thing. Also, the Mighty Ducks. If you love a good Flying V, just true. the Mighty Ducks. Coach Bombay. Emilio. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think that's it. That's that's the Scream. That is, yeah, that is Scream. Great movie. Changed horror forever. For the better, uh, for the worse. And that's the end of our first season here on uh, They're Coming to Get You. I know. And I am excited for season two that we're yeah, going to we, do. We were planning like season two on episode two of yeah. this you, you You sent me a text message. You're like, so for season two, I was thinking, I was like, he'll send me one. You sent me 15 movies. Well, and also, <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to be the guy that's like, here's what we're doing. I'm like. Here's what we could do, you know. No, and you got some good suggestions, and I think we're gonna do some fun ones, and we're gonna. 
I, I don't want to go too much into me, uh, but we're gonna maybe branch into some TV episodes as well. Oh, oh, <laughs> what? So, so if you like TV and you're like, I, I like these moving pictures, but I like them when they're in twenty to thirty minute intervals. Yes, sir. Well, well we got some stuff coming for you. And uh, those things, Gavin, they're coming to get you, Barbara. They're coming to get you. They're coming for you, Barbara. They're coming to get you.